right, welcome back to uh, an extra special edition of the Fired Up Podcast. Unfortunately, we've lost Eric uh, to the Coachella Flower Crowns. It's a new radio station down in Southern California. So he's not with us today, and hopefully he comes back alive. But it's a very special pod. Uh, For the first time ever, we have a call-in guest, our second guest ever, uh, first one here in 2018, our buddy all the way out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Nate Purcell. Welcome to the show, bud. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, something to do here while it snows, you know, 68% out of the time in the month of April. So I really, really appreciate this. Are, are those statistics correct? 68% of the time in April, it's snowing out there in Pittsburgh? I mean, not every year, but this year, it's it's been crazy. Um, I think there's been, what, like 18 days in Pittsburgh? I think 10 or 11 days in in the Western PA, there's been snow in April, so oh my God. it's uh, it's been pretty depressing. Yep, pretty depressing. So this this is really spicing up my life, and I'm happy to be here. I, I've just noticed it from baseball games, which are constantly postponed these days. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a yeah. lot of tweets like, "Oh, they're rescheduling for May 24th." Like, oh man, already? Like the Twins had two games postponed, uh, so that's crazy. And thank you for staying up late. We record this on Wednesdays. I know it's approaching 10 o'clock already out there for you, so we appreciate you staying up late. Hopefully, it doesn't wreck your uh, your Thursday and Friday. I know that you guys got, you have a long commute all the way from your bed uh, down to your home office. Yeah, you know it's 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 a hefty 30 feet. Um, that, that takes a lot out of you on some days. So, so I do appreciate the gesture there. And yeah, you know, Wednesday nights at 10 PM, it is tough for me. I don't think I've, um, stayed up at a bar past 2 AM since, you know, I was 22 years old. So, so this is, this is something new for me. And, and, and if you need to, if, if, if you don't hear from me within like a five second, type of um, feedback or so just yell in my ear because i might have fallen asleep so, okay i'll text you so on this yeah, your no. cell phone we'll get a quick buzz or something like that to make sure you're awake yeah just just catch me on my cell phone <laughs> yeah. oh good. god all right get get out of here you're not here to sing lyrics um <laughs> we got a nice little fun little show obviously adhering to our new little format we do have a bracket uh, we still have two, you know, three of us, so we'll do a little two versus one. Uh, hopefully, nobody gets taken to the championship quite like Arby's did, because that was some trash. And so we've got a bracket for you, and then Nate is our resident sports draft expert. Notice I said sports draft expert because it doesn't matter NFL, NBA, MLB. If there's a draft, Nate has done an ungodly amount of research on it. Uh, so we're gonna do yeah, a little if bit. There, if there's, you know, young muscular talented men out there what you know waiting for me to to watch their every move on video you're on their youtube i'm, I'm gonna be there and uh youtube is really uh youtube has really cut down on nate's time you know he had to go to the ballpark back in the day and watch these guys and now he can just watch eight of them on eight different screens at once so that's nice he's just texting us man did you guys see saquon's deadlifts <laughs> You see those thighs? And I just go, Nate, where's he going? Just tell me where he's going. How many? How just many squats? More than Durant, probably. All right. So we've got you know, a... It's, it's oh. funny because that's actually true. That's actually what actually happened. Yeah. That I did actually text you guys. He's like, yo, you y'all just see Saquon's vert. And that it's, dude hit 42 inches. It's yeah. 7 a.m. East Coast time, texting us 4 a.m. out here. Just getting it so early before we're going to work. Man, Saquon's strong. I mean, so, you guys... Yeah, you have to know what's going on with Saquon before you get to work just because 
it has to, for your day, you know, it has to motivate you to <laughs> do true. the best you can at your job. I really appreciate that I get to wake up to those motivational texts. Uh, that's real. Thank you, Nate. I really appreciate it. I didn't. Know, I don't know what we'd do without you. I don't know how I could get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> but we'll get to the NFL draft. Oh, we appreciate it. And we'll have He might have to be recurring with all this good content. There's a lot of drafts that happen in the world. Um, so we're gonna do our bracket, and we've got the NFL later. We're gonna do the NFL later, so all those sports averse people can tune out after 40 minutes of. Our sitcom bracket, and I should have thought of a name before we went on air, but it's basically we've gotten 16 of the best sitcoms. I don't know how you would define it in terms of, you know, most of them have laugh tracks, and that's how it's a I, half hour. Yeah, just a half hour commercial network comedy. So we're not doing HBO. There's no curb on here, there's no Veep. It's essentially a network comedy CBS, Fox, NBC, ABC, all those kinds. Uh, so we've got 16 of them. You can go out and see our bracket on Instagram, the Fired Up Pod. Uh, JD had to write it this time, and I'll tell you, we're missing Eric. That handwriting is too good. Um, so we're we're we'll re- be able to figure it out just fine. Yeah, just by just and you by know the what? Time. I'm excited about this. These are 16 fantastic shows, and I'm ready to get into a little heated debate with both of you. Oh, very nice. Now. Have we seen, there's a lot of good shows on here. Would you say you've seen at least like 25% of most of these, like of the whole series of most of these shows? Yes. Nate? Yeah. Um, looking at it here. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think I'd seen, uns- I think at least 25%. Maybe 50% um, of all these series. I've watched a lot of TV in my life. What the yeah. hell? Damn, this is bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's not worry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My life's great. So let's go ahead and let's just jump into this thing because we got a lot of shows to talk about. And I always allot, you know, 35 minutes to this thing. And we always go yeah, 45 minutes over. So let's start in the upper left bracket. Uh, this could be the NBC bracket. could be the Fox bracket. I forget what channel some of these shows on. But the number one overall seed, The Office versus a modern day classic, Modern Family. Now, The Office is a great show. Great show. Modern Family, great show. I find myself that both of these kind of tailed off towards the end. And I know Modern Family is not towards the end, but when you say the Modern Family has already peaked? Time out. We should talk about how we're ranking them as well. You are correct. So we're going through it and kind of judging it by rewatchability, cast, originality, storyline, and consistency. So as you were getting into the consistency of these two shows, continue. Yes, no, and that's a yeah, we that's a good point. We need criteria for lists like this. Modern The Office in their later stages, consistency kind of died a little bit, but it had such great other things. The rewatchability of The Office is amazing. The cast of The Office is amazing. Um the originality in it in uh, its own right uh was kind of just great because it was a new thing where they were, you know, the, the fourth wall kind of a thing and the, the documentary type thing. I do think it kind of ended well wrapping up the documentary, but the whole season without Michael Scott or whatever, two seasons, whatever it was, was kind of a, the consistency kind of died and the storylines kind of died. But Modern Family's still alive and it's still going. So I don't know how we can judge that fully versus The Office. Or do we think that Modern Family's already peaked? So anything that you happens can, from here on out is just eh. You can judge it because it's going downhill. Kind of trash. Is it kind of trash now? Know. I think like one out of every four is okay. Nate, are you still currently watching Modern Family? Yes, I am. That's that's actually Ash, Ash's favorite show. 
on our DVR, it's about 98% Modern Family. I think we have 200 episodes on our DVR of Modern so Family. you get a lot of rewatching. So, oh, all the time. Um, like, uh, like with our one of our got you know with re- rewatchability, I think Modern Family tops the office on that. Just because it's also oh. the consistency factor with that. Every sh- every show for Modern Family, I feel like is consistent enough, you know, with decent acting, some good punchlines. Um, and it just it seems like you can just watch it, you know, if it's in the background or if you even want to watch a marathon of it. See, I think a lot of people would describe The Office that way. And mm-hmm. I only say that just because in our house, Steph has The Office on when she's doing mm-hmm. anything. And it is insane how much The Office is just on in the background. And you know what? Yeah. There are some rewatchable episodes. Absolutely, there are. There are. There now, are. I know JD is not a big um, Ed the, Helms the fan. The thing though. with The Office, Ed I Helms love is the office. trash. I, don't get me wrong, um, but there, there are some aspect, like portions of episodes where it just gets so cringeworthy with some of the plot lines that they take with, uh, you know, with Michael Scott, um, like a wed- the wedding and- episode. When you're just like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. Is it Phyllis's yeah. wedding? Yeah. Yeah. Phyllis I, and Bob, though, power couple. Phyllis, Phyllis, Phyllis and Bob <laughs> Vance was a power couple, that's for sure. Now, let me ask you both this then. Better patriarch of the show, Dunphy or Michael Scott? Oh. No, it's oh. not Dunphy. It's, um, it's Jay Pritchard. Well, right? but, He's but, I, the patriarch. but I think the, of the show, it definitely centers oh, around the star. Mean, yeah, the, star. the male okay. star. Would I know you, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like I think Michael Scott star. will go down <laughs> as an iconic TV character. And when they, when he was off the show, the show was trash. Oh, Robert California? You could say the same thing if they lost Dunphy in Modern Family, but I don't know. Well, well, let me throw this at you. Clive Bigsby or Agent Michael Scarn? Clive Ooh. Bigsby. Oh, Clive Bigsby. Clive Bigsby. That's a good call. What's her name? <laughs> Steph, Steph and I were thinking about doing that for Halloween. Oh, what, wait, what is her name? I forget. Nate should know. No, I don't know. I need to fire up the Google machine on that one. <laughs> yeah, um, where's Eric? Google right, that for us. How about this? I'll throw at yeah. you. Pam Beasley or... What's her name? The, Claire Dunphy? No, no, no. No, not Sophia Vergara. That's okay. not fair. Okay, that's not fair. That's not fair to Pam. <laughs> Pam or Claire? Yeah. I'll go Pam. I'll Pam. go Pam. Claire's too crazy. Pam. Okay. All right. Well, now, we're voting. The thing, with, the, the thing with Claire is that, so you watch Happy Gilmore oh. and you watch Modern Family, and that's the same person. That's Claire. Yeah. 20 years and apart. All the plastic surgery that she's had since then, I just can't get over. Bro, so I she go stays easily. in shape. Yeah, no, that's Come not on. plastic surgery, is it? She might have a little work done, but... She keeps it tight. She keeps it At tight. At the gym, she earns that tightness. Uh, you know she's in Weeds also. I don't know. She, people in TV do a lot of TV things. Oh. She's in Weeds? Yeah, she, she weed? doesn't she, she sleep with the kid? Yeah, she owns the cheese shop, and then she sleeps with Silas. That's very weird. Yeah, down in San Diego. So anyway. You do watch a lot of TV. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Netflix has made it too easy, man. And Hulu. Okay. I'm working my way through Bob's Burgers right now. So. The Office or Modern Family? Nate, we're always going to give you the first answer so that we can know if we need to gang up on um, you. Yeah. I, I, I love both shows, but I, I think I'm going to have to go with Modern Family. 
I will press it on you, and I will go the office. I'm going the office. All right. I'm going the office. I, f- I fell out of Modern Family too mm-hmm. too soon. Like the, the office, seven, mm-hmm. eight years, and then I was done. Modern Family, I got through about four, and I was done. And I don't yeah. know. That could be me. And then, But now, see, my problem with rewatchability is that if I watch the show now and it's a later episode, I don't even know what's mm-hmm. going on. Like I, the, the whole family is different. They all look different. Whereas if you pop in an office episode from season two or season four or even season eight, like, you know what's going on. I don't. Yo, Steph, you're, Steph you're just some... discriminating against puberty, yo. Yes, <laughs> dude. Luke looks so much different. It's it's unbelievable. He's a totally different person. I will uh, say I this agree. is... Young, young Luke is so much better than older Luke. Young yeah. Luke was hilarious. You know he's in so, Mensa, right? I... He's yeah, like, he's in what? He's It's in Mensa, the IQ genius. Him oh, and Phoebe. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, I will say that is a tough first round matchup for modern family so see somebody's gonna come at us about modern family and i'm just gonna say it's the draw you know if they come up here against roseanne we know who's yeah. moving on probably still roseanne but anyway <laughs> i would say they would have beaten either of these next two Ah, uh, i don't think so okay so let's go to the next one All right. parks and rec versus arrested development now i have to say for you guys in your in your households, you've got your significant other watching Modern Family. JD's got a significant other watching The Office. In my household, well, it's just me, but I've got always got Parks and Rec on. Parks and Rec is my show. When they get Rob Lowe and Adam Scott on in this third season, Nick Offerman is just a great character. Ron Swanson in that show is is awesome. I like you ding the program for having a sexual assaulter on the cast. Uh, wait, what? What's the little guy's name? Little Indian kid? Oh, Aziz, Aziz Ansari? Aziz. Well, okay. Do we need to talk about that? No, I mean, that don't. was shit. All right. That was just a low blow. Yeah, it was a low That's blow. something that wasn't really sexual assault. No. Yeah, who, that, that whole thing was a little no. strange. Um, I love Parks and Rec. I think it ended very poignantly, too. Uh, they're the ones that in their seventh season, their final season, they do it three years in the future, and it was 2014 at the time. And so in 2017, they go... Oh, so how has Chicago changed? They go, well, the Cubs just won the World Series, so they were ahead of their time. Oh, I thought you were going to say something with Trump. No, no, no. They, they, wow. they are very. It was very prescient. It was very nice. funny. I'm sure it was lucky because some of the guys were from Chicago. But I love Parks and Rec. It went seven seasons. The seventh season was great. It, they closed it very well. I could put on any episode, and I really love it. Arrested Development. I think all of our problems with that show is going to be that the fourth season that came out on Netflix has like no rewatchability. I feel like. It just, they don't happen together because uh, you know how they film that season in different parts, right? Where every episode's about one person. So they don't have a lot of th- scenes where they're all kind of interacting and they don't have that kind of full storyline scope arcs and for throughout the season as like the earlier seasons uh, kind of did. What do you like of those two, Nate? Are you, are you, you versed on both those? I was going to say, I'll do you one more as far as Arrested Development. Instead of no rewatchability in the fourth season, how about no watchability whatsoever? Because it didn't even, I mean, the first three seasons, you know, were, were great. And they were one of the top types of comedy on TV. And then when that, you know, the fourth season was in production and it was coming out, kind of like lost its appeal. So never even saw the fourth season. Um, whereas Parks and Rec, you know, just like you, I'm a big fan. I like all the actors. All the characters are great. They complement one another really well. Um, uh, Amy Poehler is like kind of like the female version of you know uh, 
Steve Carell and Michael Scott. So it has that kind of like awkward main character and then all the other characters that support them, you know, play their own role so distinctly well. Uh, like you said, with um, uh, what's what's Nick Offerman's character again? Rod Swanson. Yeah, character. Rod, well, yeah, Rod, Rod Swanson. Yeah. You know the 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 uh, the the libertarian in the local government. You know, trying to shut down his mm-hmm. his uh, his government, even though he works in there because he it just goes against his political values. And then you got Aziz as um, uh, what's his name on the show again? Uh, Tom Haverford. Nice. Yeah, Tom <laughs> nice. Haverford, you know. Mr. I think Mr. I know Mr. where Party you're going animal. with this. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think with the rewatchability, um, the originality, not so much originality, just because, you know, it kind of copied the office as far as that fourth person persona with, you know, the, the interview type of storyline. But I think everything else falls in line and makes it and makes it pretty hard one to to knock out of the first round. So, yeah, I think I, I agree with you. you. Yeah, you haven't asked me yet as far as which ones I take, but I'll speed it up and I'll, I'll go Parks and Rec. I love that Parks and Rec is definitely going to advance because I'm on that as well. Um, even though I know Steph loves Arrested Development, Parks and Rec, you're right about the originality because it is kind of similar as The Office. The thing I like about Parks and Rec too is if you watch the first season, it's funny because. It's so awkward because they tried to make her exactly like Michael Scott, and they realized you couldn't oh, really yeah. have a female be that cringeworthy because she needs to have some more redeeming right. qualities because, you know, our society, blah, blah, blah. But they toned it down in the second season. Uh, and then when the government gets shut down and Ron Swanson's just going crazy, like there's just so many good little twists and turns um, and some Easter egg throwbacks to The Office, too. And so, because it's the same guys that kind of did it. Um, and Rashida Jones is great. Chris Pratt got his start on there. So the cast is awesome. Um, right. I mean, especially about uh, Chris Pratt. I mean, on the show, he was just, you know, the, the chubby ex boyfriend loser. Yep. Now he's like some freaking beefed up superhero. Oh, it's, it's The transformation so has jacked. been unbelievable. I think there was something on Reddit. Yeah, I don't know like how the guy did. versus the guy. She tells you about, you know, one oh, of those yeah, yeah, stupid the memes. memes. <laughs> he is huge now. Those memes are so dumb. They are dumb. Uh, yeah, he's jacked for Guardians of the Galaxy. Now he's getting freaking paid. All right, yeah. so, let's, so pen- let's pencil in Parks and Rec. Oh, whoa, whoa, It's two whoa. to whatever okay. you want, dude. Uh, I don't even get a say? <laughs> I'm sorry, JD. You are a co-host here. What, who would you like? In the defense of Arrested Development, I thought they had some fantastic characters and fantastic writing. Uh... Job, Job was great. Yeah, Buster was great. Mm-hmm. Um, who else did they have? Oh, I have Michael Sarah's character. I hate Michael Sarah. All right, let's go Parson Rec. But the fact that his name was George Michael, like, come on. There was some great writing. I did like towards the end when they would do things like talk about how you know their channels were getting moved, so they needed people to call in and say they wanted to extend the show, which was pretty funny. I thought the Saddam Hussein stuff was was really good too. So, uh, no, you're right. You're right. It does have some originality and some good uh, writing. But the Parks and Rec is just a a classic. And now we get to another what, classic. Um, oh, were we going to say that? Let's, what's the name of the, uh, yeah, what's the name of the, the lawyer again in, in Arrested Development? Bob Lobslaw. Bob Lobslaw. Bob Lobslaw's Law Blog. Two things for me. He looks like a real life Michael, version of Michael Cohen. And the way he practices law. Oh, no, law no. You're thinking of. Probably just as bad no, as Michael Cohen. Arrested Development, no, right? No, not Bob. Oh, you're yeah, thinking of, you're yeah. thinking of Parks and Rex, the lawyer. No. Wait, what? No, no, the rest of the development lawyer. Oh, yeah, Barry Zuckercorn, Henry Winkler. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. 
They both seem like yeah. idiots. Well, yeah. Winkler's in Parks and Rec yeah. too. He's everywhere. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, he does the look fonts. like Cohen a little bit, huh? Yeah. Because you know Nate in Parks and Rec, yeah. he's the Saperstein's dad. I don't even Man, know who he that gets is. Around, doesn't yeah. through. All right, they're through. So let's move on to the second uh, bottom bracket. Ooh, a classic for Harbon Brad. We have Friends, the all-time favorite. Or they got to be in the lead. Verse a show I referred to earlier as Tool Time, Home Improvement, a classic show from our childhood heyday. Um, I'm a big Friends person. I'm a big Friends person, big Friends family. I do think that you can poke some holes in it if you really want to, but the cast... The consistency. I don't even know if I can give them originality because it's just six friends in a coffee shop. But <laughs> the cast and the and the consistency and the rewatchability are all really great. The storylines, the yeah, storylines are can be whatever depending on the year. Uh, but Nate, are, were you? You know, we grew up at the same time. Home Improvement was definitely there for us when we were younger, and so was Friends. Did you guys? What was the Purcell household watching back in the day? Oh, it was definitely um, home improvement. You know, part of that TGIF <laughs> yes. type of um, lineup. You know, every Friday. Um, but like you said, Friends was a little bit for when we got a little bit older. When we started to realize, you know, Friends was was good. Um, just like you know, when you're in your teenage years and growing up and through college, yeah, you, you, you bust out your Friends DVDs. And you all watch yeah, Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. And you just watched exactly. Jennifer Aniston. Her sorry. poster was her. on my wall. Was well, it? Was it? Yeah. That is great. Uh, sorry, Nate. What were you saying? I just had to throw that in there because I think I, I wonder no, if no. it skewed it. It skews us a little bit, having gone through puberty, such the early teenage years, and watching Jennifer Aniston. Because I mean, I mean, Home Improvement was cool. It had, they had Heidi, but Jennifer Aniston. Come on, and Jill. My mom. <laughs> when I was home this weekend, she reminded me that. She actually oh, wouldn't. Anderson? No, she wouldn't let us watch it at first when it came out because we were too young and she didn't like the sexual promiscuity. Really? And I was like, "Oh wow, did that work out for Brad?" <laughs> and then she literally looks at me and goes, "Ouch! Throw him under the bus." And he's not even there to defend himself. It was literally just myself and my mom talking. Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. And Brad, yeah, you can bet you he know, said that. JD, like growing up, I remember like your mom when um, was more against violence on TV as opposed to any type of movies with like, you know, sexual promiscuity. Man, she's just what soft. I remember. Yeah, she's soft. Did you tell her did you tell her that? Soft, that was yeah. like that was like she wouldn't let me get the actual Tupac CDs. I'd have to get the edited ones. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. We had that in our household. I couldn't watch South Park for a long time. I couldn't watch South Park, but that was even earlier because I remember my friend this was before I even moved from Tucson. We would secretly tape it on VHS and then watch it later. Dad, so did we. Yeah, it, it's just what would happen. Uh, guy at school would do it and just passing over the. Oh man, recording shows on VHS. I remember I used to have to record WWE Raw because I couldn't stay up that late, and then I'd have to watch it in the morning before class so it didn't get spoiled. Anyway, VHSs. So Nate, <laughs> Nate, who's your favorite of the six friends? Ooh, a good question. Ooh, I like. I think I like Joey. Joey? Is it chauvinist um, to say it's, Joey. it'd be weird if somebody picked one of the girls? No, because I think... It's kind of who you relate to it, a Yeah. Bit. Well, actually, that's a good point. I think as guys, I mean, I, I would pick Chandler probably because I am like Chandler. I'm like sarcastic and just making fun mm-hmm. of everything and I don't know. 
drag dad, you know, whatever. Sorry, Actually, Bruce, I'm just kidding. it was a trick question. The correct answer is Gunther. Oh, uh, yeah. that's... Trick question, sorry. It's all... Or Eddie, Eddie the roommate. <laughs> Eddie the roommate with the goldfish that he put into the Man, aquarium tank. There's so many good characters on Friends. Yeah, Friends in a landslide. Three. Yeah, do we want to... Yeah. I did want to bring up the fact, because before this, did we even say who they were going against? I said tool man at uh, tool time earlier. Maybe they knew yeah, home improvement. So home improvement. J P P. No, J T. J Jonathan J Taylor Thomas. J T T. Jason Pierre Paul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was on the show. I looked it up because I yeah. knew I J wanted to look about the fact that Tim the Tool Man Taylor was a drug trafficker. Did you know this? Mm -hmm. No. So before yep. Yep. he started cocaine, cocaine. <laughs> before he started as a stand-up comedian, he was caught. With 1.4 pounds of cocaine. What? Yeah. That's intent to distribute. 650 grams. And to get out of serving life, which is the maximum penalty, he ratted out on everyone. No. No way. Yeah. Mugshot. Oh, right my. There. I had no idea. I'm learning so much. So he ended up serving only 28 months. And you know what? Good for him for making a career. Probably made a shitload of money. More Snitches get in jail, snitches, you think? Snitches get TV two TV shows. Development deals. <laughs> He's got like two shows in syndication. I think he, Last Man Standing still on. So, Tim the Tool Man, you just got a lot cooler in my eyes, but you're done. Friends. I like that. Friends. was good on Oh, yeah. Feud. Wilson, 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 whatever his last name was. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. You can but, never see his face. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, just, okay. it's just strange, but cool. I was down. Okay, All right. Friends. And in a weird matchup at the bottom of this bracket, in, in, uh, in the fourth per, uh, the fourth uh, show in our Elite Eight here, Roseanne and that 70s show. Nate, talk to us about Roseanne. Now, Nate is – Nate, have you seen the new ones? Have you seen all of them or did you just watch some of them? How did you guys binge that? Um, we, we just watched the last one tonight. So we usually just DVR and watch it the next night. Man, I, I'm so spoiled. I feel like everything comes out on Netflix right away, and that's not how it works. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so go on. Talk to us about Roseanne. So I know the uh, for the new for the new comeback, uh, the first episode made a lot of headways due to the political nature of the first episode. But all the you know the three other episodes that followed suit, you know, what isn't as um, heavy in the political rhetoric. So it's actually died down a little bit, which is nice because I, I felt like if they were to focus on that for the entirety of it, it would definitely ruin the show, but it's actually gone back a little bit more to its roots of, you know, the, the, the nineties, um, late eighties Roseanne that we all come to learn and love. Um, that we all a little nostalgic type of, um, event with Roseanne. Um, Jay, do you remember Mike Lopez? Yes, I do. The Aztec. Big, and then, Big Roseanne uh, just, fan? Yeah, he was the Aztec. Just for, just for you, Justin, Mike Lopez uh, and I, uh, he's a high school buddy of ours. Um, we were freshman year roommates at the University of Arizona, and some of our best bonding moments were we would stay up till 3 or 4 in the morning watching Nick and Knight watching Roseanne for two, three hours. We're ordering Domino's pizza on our cat card. Um, and this is when I, I gained about 50 pounds freshman year of college. Um, got pretty big. JD would have remembered that. Um, 
And so I have, I have a lot of very fond, nostalgic memories of Roseanne getting me through those tough times in college where no women would want to touch me because of my blubber and my fat. So, so that, were you eating Roseanne the pizzas so that you could look like Roseanne for Halloween one year? Or what, what are you doing there? What are you doing? You're just watching Roseanne late at night eating pizzas, Nate? More of a John Goodman oh, yeah, type yeah. of movie. <laughs> yeah. But now and, John and Goodman's the thing. Is, thin. You know, Mike, Mike, Mike would go to the gym the next day, work it off. I'd just take a nap. So Just it was just it. one of those things where, like I said, Roseanne was there for me when where when nobody else, no one else was. Yeah. So she's out. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be there for her now. Well, oh oh wow! Now he said I'm I'm gonna be there for her now. <laughs> now do you find that because of the like is it a popular show? in Pittsburgh or in Pennsylvania. Like I don't, because of all the stuff that's come out about how conservative it is and how about the political stuff about it. Like, is anything happening mm-hmm. out? I feel like in California, we're in the bubble a little bit. Like, is any, does it resonate at all in Pennsylvania and where you're at? Yeah, I think in the, I think I, I uh, read somewhere that the, uh, the, the viewership in the Midwest skyrocketed um, for Roseanne. And I know, um, especially, uh, I'll say Ashley's family because you know, they have roots here in Western PA that, you know, they're all, they, they're all, they all used to watch Roseanne. But as far as like the political aspect of it, like I said, you know, after that first episode, there really hasn't been that much um, political rhetoric with the show. Um, and the, they're focused more on the comedy that they had back in when the, when the show was first on. So so I think I, w- I would encourage you to, to to watch the second, third, and fourth episode, and come to a different conclusion as the first one, because they, they did give a little back and forth between you know the left and right wing type of insults. So it wasn't just uh, you know left wing insults. And you have to know Roseanne. You know she, it's weird for for her political background because she she was a Green Party. Um, type of person, you know, she tried to run the Green Party ticket for president back in 2012, um, and it's more so she was extremely anti-Hillary as opposed to being pro-Trump. So it's just really weird how she came full circle to where she is now, based on her background. You are really there for Roseanne. I was say, we are all in the weeds <laughs> on Roseanne's life right now. This is great. <laughs> this is great. No, that's that's some good insight. And I, you know, I used to watch Roseanne. Goodman's great. Darlene's great. Um, I I, mm-hmm. I think it's funny, not funny, but it's interesting um, that with a show like that, that that's why a lot of the Netflix shows aren't as polarizing because you can't halfway through a season change what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas something like Roseanne, if they get so much flack after the first week, well, then they know that maybe mm-hmm. they need to scale it back or maybe if they actually want viewers, they need to you know, like give a little to the other side, like you, like you said, but if they were just going to be a Netflix show and they come out with 12 episodes and they were all like super political, then, you know, the whole thing would be, would blow up. And, and a lot of the sitcoms now that come out on Netflix, you know, they're just, they're funny for 30 minutes, but there's no, I don't know. They don't take as many risks as I guess what I'm saying. But Right. So, and, and it's not, it's actually pretty, pretty awesome that all the same characters have come back. And do you remember how there were two Beckys? Yes. Back then? Yeah. Are there still two Beckys? So, well, listen to this. So the original Becky is the main Becky on the show, but she wanted to be a surrogate to, to make $50,000. Um, and then that surrogate she was going to be a surrogate for was going to be for the new Becky. So the new Becky came back for two episodes to, as like, as for that plot line. Oh. So that was actually pretty unique. I like and, that they throw Easter she, eggs, like revivals she, like that. 
And do you remember the new Becky? She was in Scrubs, and she was also, I think, in Hey Dude. No, she wasn't in Hey Dude, but she was in Scrubs. Hey Dude. Man. Hey Dude didn't make the bracket. No, and I thought I watched more yeah. TV. <laughs> now, have we even talked about Roseanne's <laughs> opponent here? That 70s show, which has been... Oh, right, it, right. That, the 70s show is a rewatchable show. Um, it is. It has good characters. Ashton Kutcher got his start. So Mila Kunis Michael, got his start. Michael Kelso, played by <laughs> Ashton start. Kutcher, was very big into Ralph Nader back in 2000. I don't know if you remember this, but around the time the recount was happening... I'm just talking and making stuff up. I have no idea. Oh, okay. big <laughs> because of <laughs> because of Nate's, <laughs> Nate knows so much about Roseanne. Um, I'll let you make the call on this one. I love. Well, do we I love that for for Danny Masterson? Oh, yeah, talk about a skis bag. Oh man, and a Scientologist to boot. Yeah, that does hurt. Yeah, you know, I, I knew I knew about Ooh. this when you guys made the bracket, but I wanted to keep this in, you know, as an ace up the sleeve just to, to oh, drop yeah. this bomb so and, I can and I can it, push Roseanne to victory. Well, you know what? I can play He might have done it. I can play the rebuttal card of Mila Kunis. Is that she's just beautiful? Oh, just so hot. Just so beautiful. Yeah. And even Ashton mm-hmm. Kutcher has been a pretty cool guy. I feel like he's turned he you know, you you play somebody like Michael Kelso for so long and you just assume this guy's a freaking idiot. And he's not. Like he's a smart dude. Big VC guy now. Had a kid with Mila Kunis. Genius. Yeah. From Demi Moore to Mila Kunis. Yeah. And he's a big Bears fan. Big oh, Bears that's fan. That's not really a plus. It is very relevant. Man, we could do a full bracket of just the girls from these shows too. That'd yeah, that is true. Um all right, let's vote out. Roseanne for Nate, I assume. I'm going 70 show, so I'll force your hand. You know what? I haven't seen any of the new show. Any of the new show. I'm going Roseanne. That's a terrible call. Danny Masterson can't is man, I'm going to regret this. I don't care. Danny Masterson I I guess got no place for skis bags. Bro, Roseanne's Roseanne, a shitty person, Roseanne but she's not going out Pizzagate. Wasn't she Nate? Isn't she a big conspiracy um, theorist? Wasn't that a joke? Is it? Man, I th- I, this know, matchup I, sucks. I, I, I'd say Danny Masterson was a joke she, too. I oh. think Roseanne might be might actually believe that Trump is saving the world from um, child sex trafficking, but she didn't rape anybody. Whatever, so, it doesn't matter. They're losing to friends. Drop yeah, drop, should we just yeah. pencil in friends in the final four? Like that's an easy draw. Um, all right, yeah. let's move because we got a. Oh, we're about half hour in. All right. Ooh, a good bracket. Fresh Prince versus How I Met Your Mother. An okay. old classic versus a new style sitcom. I don't think How I Met Your Mother is the new classic, but it was one of the better mm-hmm. ones, I think, in the last 10 years, especially for CBS, who've had Two and a Half Men and like Big Bang Theory, which are just dog shit. Yeah. I actually feel like mm-hmm. How I Met Your Mother, they actually had a good cast. Neil Patrick Harris and Jason Siegel are two of the best male characters mm-hmm. in sitcoms ever. Uh, but... That's a bold statement. Against that, Josh Radner playing Ted is the whiniest bitch I have ever heard in my life. On the show. On the show. I've never heard him talk in real life. Okay. Jason Segel is not one of the best characters of sitcoms ever. That is ridiculous. You're right. You're right. Jason Segel, though, as I just think of him as an actor and writing Forgetting Sarah Marshall and then I Love You Man. Him, Jason Segel as a person is one of my favorites. Give me jazz. Oh, not even Carlton. Jazz. Jazz is better. Okay, so just personally, yes. huge Fresh, yeah, Fresh Prince fan. I've rewatched them recently. They're incredibly rewatchable. Cast is great. Brought us Will Smith, and it's consistent front to start. 
when he's standing in that liver room when he leaves at the last episode brings it all together and i will say how i met your mother is the last two seasons and the last ending were just i hated it it was it, there it's not rewatchable front to back whereas uh, sorry fresh prince uh, i probably feel like it is but i don't know uh, nate what, what do you think about those two are you caught up on those two well versed do you know their political oh, yeah. leanings um, <laughs> um i agree with jd as far as the rewatchability uh, and the cast uh, of the fresh prince um it's one of those shows that it's it's pretty much timeless. And, and, and any show that is the birth of the great uh, Bagger Vance, um, oh you know it's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are uh, pissed but, that um, we left that out of the Will Smith one. <laughs> I know. I was pretty pretty ticked at you guys. I texted you guys after I listened to that saying, how could you not talk about the legend of Bagger Vance? But either way, so... This, but bringing us back to How I Met Your Mother, it's the storyline and the originality of how the show is set up is it was good. is top notch. Yeah, um, I don't, I, there's really no other show like it. Um, they're really original in, in, in how they you know they laid out the premise of of the plot line and, and how they went about you know each episode going forward to reveal who who the mom is of, of the kids. So. I thought that was pretty cool, but they did drag that drag that on pretty much towards the end. Like you said, the last couple last season or so was a little bit more drawn out than you would like. Um, was... So right right now, I was going to say it, it's really the rewatchability and the cast versus the originality and storyline between the two shows. I would agree. That's a fair With point. Everything you said. I think the originality of How I Met Your Mother was fantastic, but I, the casting was meh. The show also, sitcoms have a problem if you start with a goal or you know the ending because those middle seasons are mm-hmm. going to be about finding your footing, right? It happened with, this mm-hmm. isn't a comedy, but it happened with Lost. If you know how the ending is, but you don't know how many seasons you're going to go, you don't know how much time you have to fill, uh, which can kind of make the later that seasons a little bit better. So, Nate. Yeah, they had a lot of very creative, like standalone episodes. The, the slap bet stuff. Yeah, like going over multiple seasons. What was the book that uh, Doogie Howser had? Didn't he have some book of, like pranks well, or some crap? Uh, the playbook. The playbook. The playbook that, was great. I think that was just maybe it started as one episode, but it was it was fantastic. It, well, the, the the Easter eggs that they would keep bringing up were always really good in that show. It was very well thought out. Nate, if you had to go, who are you guessing? Yeah. Who are you guessing? Who are you picking? Yeah. Man, I might have to. I think I'm going going back to the roots um, from West Philadelphia, born and raised. Yeah, so you. Going, this let's, was let's, a thirty point win. For JD me. had it penciled in. That was not a thirty point win because if he goes How I Met Your Mother, I'm going with him. I would have been. I think you would have, but I think I would have been surprised if Nate went How I Met Your Mother over. Fresh All right, Prince. so Fresh Prince moves Man, on. We're pretty hood out in Dove Canyon. Like we grew up on the same yeah, street. Yeah, up in. Man, your neighbor, your street had a bird in the name. You're not hard. You're not. No, you're bring soft. In, bring Wakanda. Bring Wakanda. Wakanda life. We're the Wakanda most hood life. street in the world, man. <laughs> now you're just talking over Nate. Nate, what were you saying? I said we're bringing Wakanda to life. We oh. were Wakanda before Marvel was Wakanda. Oh, I, if I had known that you just said the same thing as JD, I wouldn't have let you say it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so another oh another great matchup, an old school matchup. You can't. You, both are in our roots. Boy Meets World and Family Matters. 
God, that's oh. a good that's a good matchup. Oh. These are two great mid majors. They're both two TGIFs, right? They used to be like back to back. I think so. Yeah. With Sabrina yeah, the Teenage Witch right. or something. This is, <laughs> okay, does this anybody is have a, sh- a a mid major matchup? Yeah. Right here. So does anybody have a strong lean towards one show or the other? Because I'm really on the fence, so I'm looking for somebody to give me uh, a few thoughts. I'm going Family Matters. Okay. I'm going Family Matters for three characters. Carl Winslow is a boss, just a straight-up boss as a cop, as a father, as a black guy. He was just great. Stefan? (laughs) Come on! Are you kidding me? Stefan Urkel? He even put an accent in his Stephon last Urkel, name, yeah. right? It wasn't Stefan Urkel. It was Stefan Urkel. Oh. Uh, and Eddie. I like the brother. Uh, Eddie. Eddie Winslow? <laughs> Eddie Winslow, man. Uh, I like Family Matters. Boy Meets World was good. Um, it was a time in our life that we could connect more with, but Family Matters made this geeky black guy in the early 90s. Like Everybody was talking about him. It was a great show. Okay, so time out. Nate, tell me who is the better mentor Carl Winslow or Mr. Feeney? Ooh. Oh. I think it's Mr. Feeney as, as the better mentor. That's um, so, he that didn't is not a Wakanda cool answer, much, bro. I know, I know. But he didn't lose his cool as much as Carl Winslow. Um, Carl Winslow, you know, That's even true. though he had the respect of his kids and of, of Urkel, he, he lost his cool a little bit and he had to backtrack a couple times on, on you know, some of the actions that he took but mr feeney you know that neighbor that principal a principled man he's just he's the total package dishing out life lessons he was feeney would be a great next door neighbor and he was um i just find family matters to be just ahead of its time um i think there's still some rewatchability the cast was great i think with boy meets world it's more nostalgic for me I don't know if it was as consistent. I feel like I liked it a lot of times because of the whole Sean, Topanga, Corey thing. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like now. I feel like if I rewatched it now, I would just kind of be like, eh. Man, Family Matters did that episode on gun violence. What was that? Probably 20 years? Yeah, 25 years ago or something. Yeah. Made everyone turn in their handguns. Yeah. But Topanga's... Titties. <laughs> Just excuse me. Excuse now I'm me. now I'm looking at our list of uh, requirements of how we're going to judge these, and I do not see titties on here. So it's in the cast. It's, it, so, it, it is part of the cast criteria. Two, yeah. Two things about Boy Meets World. One, Ryder Strong's hair. I mean, top notch. It's that, it's that Sawyer. Made, it, that bowl cut. Would you say it's Sawyer before he got older? Right. It's kind of Sawyer on Lost. Yeah. Ryder Strong. Uh, yeah. Sean. Sean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Sean. And then number two, um, it gave rise to one of the best supporting character actors of our time in Ethan Souple, who has been on Deepwater Horizon. <laughs> Wait, what did he play? In... What did he play on the show? He was the boy, the big fat boy. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the guy, the, the guy at the school. So, yeah, he's, every every Denzel movie, he's like in it. You know, John Q. Remember the Titans? Um, I'm looking through his IMDb. This is not off the top of my head. I'm not that good. But then Mallrats is there. My name is Earl. I mean, oh yeah, he, American kinda, history, American history. X. Sorry, we just pulled up the photo for American, JD. 
Yeah, American History X. He's lost a lot of weight. I mean, yeah, the photo is not really how I remember him. No, of course not. He's been in all these, the butterfly effect. I mean, all these shows. A great, you know, you're right. A great. It would almost be like growing pains having Leo. Right, you know, just one of the great actors of right. our generation coming up through a sitcom. That's Ethan Suplex is up there. Um, Nate, do you remember Minkus, the dork on Boy Meets World? I do remember Minkus. Do you know yep. the Do you know the transgender thing that went around? I think it was just like, just Google Minkus transgender and go from there. <laughs> what? I almost feel like that was partly for Nate, just like as a friend conversation, and now it's just out there for everybody. Google Minkus. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next. Oh, sorry, we didn't vote. N- J- uh, Nate, do you got a uh, which way are you leaning? I think you know where I'm going. Oh, man. And then we got to figure out. Um, you know, I talked a lot about Boy Meets World, but I think Family Guys, excuse me, Family Matters is a better show. So I'm going Family Matters. That's it. I'm going Family Matters. Family, as well. A sweep for Family Matters against Boy Meets World. Wow, my sister is going to be angry. But that's okay. She gets I haven't angry. watched either of these in quite some time. No, no, no. All right, now let's go to number. Th- oh, this might be a sweep. Full House, Seinfeld. Give me Seinfeld. Oh, G- yeah. Give me Seinfeld, one hundred percent. We, I, I don't even need to talk about it that much. Yeah. I feel like it's just a better show, better jokes, better writing, better oh. rewatchability. Um, however, fun fact: uh, <laughs> the girl that John Stamos got pregnant, uh, went to the sister school of my high school. So, like, Caitlin, oh. I know her. She's very, right. very full, hot. So that's all we got. Okay. Yeah. So we move it, and they lose. Oh. So Seinfeld. I, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything less from John. Well, well, you know, us LA boys, we got to have some connections. Um, one of our classmates, <laughs> Nate and I, at Santa Margarita, who's a year below us, um, at the Laugh Factory, he was the guy that Michael Richards called the N-word. No, yeah. no way. That's no, way better. I'm making that up. Damn it. <laughs> I am so gullible. Gullible <laughs> has eight L's. Oh, did you know that? Okay. So Seinfeld. All right. Next. Last. This is to, to log out of this eight, the uh, Sweet 16 and the Elite 8. Man, I can't even talk right now. Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> I forgot we put that in here. Verse Saved by the oh, Bell. Man. I think in the long run, Saved by the Bell is going to be hurt by the college years. But I think Malcolm in the Middle, while good, and it gave rise to Walter White to be able to happen. Um, I think Saved by the Bell for me. It's just a, it, Zach Morris, man. Kelly Kapowski. I love the college years. No, you did not. You, you don't know, even remember. You're, you're lying so much today. I don't, I don't even lie. know what's true. Kelly Kapowski was in it. I nice. love the college years. Yeah, They weren't they, terrible, but they no, were not they were, great. I mean, you had to deal with Alex, who was annoying, really yeah. annoying. You're like, Slater, you could get any girl on this campus. And Seriously. You're dealing with this? Yeah. Shrill ginger? <laughs> Nate, did you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle? I did. I did. Um, it's, it's a good show, um, but it doesn't really hold it's the test of time as opposed to Saved by the Bell. I mean, when you have Screech, you know, Dustin Diamond, I saw Dustin Diamond open up for Slick Shoes freshman year at Chain Reaction. He was a <laughs> no. bassist for that band. It was really weird. Um, then you got Elizabeth Berkeley, you know Jesse. I know where you're star going. Of show, the star of Showgirls. Yeah. You can't. You can't really turn that down. And also, I mean, she, it, was, it was only for one summer. But Leah Ramini as Stacy Carosi. Stacy Carosi. Remember that? 
Oh yeah. JD got the last name. Well Whoa. done. Leon Carosi, the boss. Um, I was very. Yep. This is not even close to me. I love Say by the Bell. I've seen. Well, let's cut it out. Yeah, yeah. Say by the Bell. We don't need to. We don't need to hammer it home too much. We're already yeah. at uh, forty-five minutes and of just the uh, the Sweet Sixteen. But this is good. That takes up the most time yeah, we anyway. Talk, we talked about most the shows, so now we can just breeze through the bracket. And that's what I've kind of noticed: is thirty minutes yep. of talking, and then we'll usually uh, the, the 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 later rounds will go faster. We'll just go through. Kelly Kapowski is the most attractive girl. On this bracket. So later we need to do an attractive sitcom girl bracket. Because, uh, let me see here. Kelly Kapowski or Mila Kunis? Mila Kunis. Nate, break the tie. Are are we talking about like during when the show was on or now? Her her peak. Oh, I gotta go go Tiffany Amber Houston. Oh, Mila was so great. She was she was kind of a, she was a huge crush. For me. All right, so we have our elite right. eight set. We have The Office versus Parks and Rec. Ooh, a battle. Friends versus Roseanne. Fresh Prince and Family Matters. Seinfeld. Say by the bell. We got some classics. Um, and let's just let's just dive right into it. So let's go ahead and get to the elite eight. The Office and Parks and Rec. I feel like I'm on the Parks and Rec side, but it's an uphill battle because JD hasn't seen as much. But I don't know. Um. I think Nate will decide this one. Nate, what are you? Yeah, are you on the office then? I'm on the office. I'm on Parks and Rec. That's a, that's yeah. my show. Nate, the guest, the expert guest. Where are you leaning? Uh, I'm going with the the show that did it first, and that's the office. Oh, all right. Oh, that's fair. The originality. Um, the cast is so strong in the office too. A lot of memorable characters. Oh, everybody. Creed. Creed's fantastic. Oh, Creed Bratton, Phyllis, and Bob Vance were great sub characters. Oscar, the accounting department, Kevin, um, I mean, hey, Billy Oscar, Packer. Yeah. I will say there are David, episodes. David Wallace. Yeah. There are episodes that I don't think I've even seen because I just trailed off at the end. But Steph had one on recently where they go to Roy's wedding. Oh. And Roy's like successful now and he's playing the piano. And then it cuts away and Phyllis and Bob Vance are just going to town <laughs> that's awesome no it's i like the one uh the intro where the they have the asian guy play jim to mess with dwight that's a, that's one it of the was, best right intros yeah. uh, one of the best intros i've ever seen all right the office is in the final four all right this matchup is Nate, just what do you got friends or roseanne just let him pick roseanne all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll I'll pick Roseanne just so we can make this a little bit more dramatic. And the fired up podcast squashes his opinion like a bug. The friends <laughs> moves on. All right, the, Roseanne the or Jennifer Aniston? Roseanne. Okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, have you have you seen Roseanne's picture where she has short blonde hair and little little? Is he serious cut? right now? Nate, you have, yeah, you know too much about Roseanne. This is <laughs> we could have a whole pot right, on you, Roseanne. You go to this. I'm going uh, to gonna do some googling. Nate, we got we got a battle over here of the Black Stars, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Family Matters. Ah, my brothers. Um, my brothers. I think. What are you thinking? I'm 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 thinking you can't, you can't go against. The Fresh Prince. You can't go against Will Smith. You gotta get jiggy with it. Ooh, that's it. Oh, oh, we getting jiggy with it. Uh, if Stefan Urkel had done more, you know, maybe a movie or something, you know, we can give him a little clout. Um, but man, Uncle Did Phil, we get jiggy with it at my wedding. I R. feel R. like that was oh. a song that we all. Oh, we got, got jiggy too. with yeah, it that's at what your we wedding, sang, right? 
Or oh. was that? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying bye, bye, bye. Not an end sync there, too. Right. Anyway, that went <laughs> great oh, wedding, yeah. though. Um, <laughs> hopefully, Bud and Red will hear this. Hey, guys. Uh, all right. Seinfeld versus Saved by the Bell for the last spot in the final four. Who wants to start off with any thoughts? I'll start. Okay. Because these are two very near and dear to my heart. The JD bracket. Okay, so I'm going to just go through the five categories. Rewatchability, Seinfeld. Cast, Seinfeld. Originality, Seinfeld. Storyline, Saved by the Bell. Oh, I did not well, see that. At least you kind of grow up with them. Yeah. There's, there's a little more relationship stuff going on. There's there's Zach and yeah. uh, Kelly. Yep. Lisa, Screech. I don't know. Are they ever going to get together? Yeah, but there's always a thing. Jesse and Slater, and then Jesse and Zach. Oh, Seinfeld doesn't really together. have the storylines. Exactly. It's a good joke, and it's good writing, but it's not storyline. Yeah. Consistency. Okay, Seinfeld. All right. I would agree with Seinfeld. Nate, you good with that? Yeah, just because of George. You can't. I mean, that's a, one of the best characters ever in yeah, television. Larry David. So. I've said a lot of hyperbole on this show, and yet that statement might be the most true one. <laughs> George Costanza yeah, is. I mean, I still name some of my fantasy teams Vandalay Industries. All right. <laughs> Man, now this is one that has been talked about over the, at least the last six years. The Office versus Friends. An old-timey classic. They kind of overlap, I think, in a couple years, uh, in the waning years of Friends, where they were getting a million dollars an episode in, like, 2001. But The Office and Friends, Nate, do you go with the show that maybe brought sitcoms to life, or do you go to The Office that was more original and... Uh, you know, brought Michael Scott out and brought the kind of almost the anti-hero of sitcoms out. Kind of just made that up. I'm not sure if that's you know, true. But. <laughs> the anti-hero of sitcoms. I like that. Um, you know, these are two behemoths of a show. Um, I think I think they're for two different audiences, too. So it's, it's a little bit different taste of the type of comedy that, that a person, you know, would like. You know, you got The Office, um, a little bit more edgy i would say as far as like where they where they take you know their comedy and the, and the comedic overture overturns of of the plot and then you have friends which is kind of like more just like the regular you know um, you laugh track yeah cookie cutter um but even though it's not original they they do it well they do it with consistency they do it with it with a cast that you know, by God, you know, by the last episode, how many, how much were they making per episode for each cast member? Like $3 million per episode? It was a million dollars per episode, but it was a million dollars in 2000, which is like oh, one Bitcoin now. Six million? Something like that. <laughs> so I'm going to go Friends just because um, it's, it's just one of those shows that even though there's no Michael Scott there, there's, there's just a group of friends that, you know, Stay together since thick and thin because Michael Scott left the office, so I'm going to hold that against him. So I'm staying with friends. I would say for rewatchability, consistency, you got to go with friends because of those. Um, I'd even go mm -hmm. some of the cast because I feel like the, the six were amazing, and then even the core guys, and even that for a sitcom, I felt like they had better storylines for arcs a little bit better than Seinfeld, right? Where like Ross's job or Ross like loses his job or Rachel or, or mm -hmm. Monica becoming a chef or all this other stuff. I mean, Richard, now that's a great side right, side character too, or their parents are in it or <laughs> Chandler's drag dad or like all, all this crazy stuff. And, Cammy, and 
Oops. It was just, and Paul Rudd's in the final season because he marries Phoebe, and Hank Azaria's in it. Like it's the cameo characters and friends are better. Even Michael Rappaport, George, who I can't stand. I know George Clooney, George Clooney, George Clooney and Noah Wiley, Jean Claude Van Damme's George in it. Clooney was also in Roseanne. Just letting uh, you guys know. Well, you guys thanks for out on that. Thanks for ruining that for me. Brad Pitt, his character is great. Steph records like every George Clooney thing that comes on TV, so it's basically just us. Us deleting Roseanne all the time. Is he like a returning character on it? I think he was there for, I don't know, Nate, you answer that. <laughs> a bunch of episodes. Yeah, so in the, in, in, the, in the beginning seasons, he was there. Also, Tom Arnold was in Roseanne. And did you know Tom Arnold actually married Roseanne in real life? Yes. And, you know, yes. How weird is that? Yeah. Uh, it's just like, yeah. imagine, it's like going whale watching. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for laughing. Next. To meet friends in the finals, Fresh Prince versus Seinfeld. Both oh. 90s shows, clearly different in demographic different and audience. style. <laughs> yeah, different audience. So that's I, I don't know how that'll skew it. Um, I love Seinfeld. I love it. Uh, I know JD's probably going to vote for it. But man, Fresh Prince was so good. Uh, sorry, I was just thinking about the characters. I think about Ashley. And then what was the older sister's name? Hillary. Hillary. Remember when Hillary's husband died? Oh, In the yeah. skydiving yeah. accident, they're watching it on live TV, and he just dies, yeah. Trevor. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. I just, Seinfeld was great, and it's some of the best, to me, sitcom comedic writing. But because there are no arcs, really, and there's no, like, longevity in, in like, how you, in, like, your investment in the characters, I think I would have to go with Fresh Prince. They do bring in themes more than Seinfeld. I mean, Seinfeld doesn't get that deep, but the two ones that stick out to me for Fresh Prince, when Will gets shot. Yeah. Like, saving Carlton, and then, like, Carlton gets the gun. Give me the gun, Carlton. Give me the gun, Carlton. Man, I, I, I saved your life. Give me my gun. Oh, that's. Did you watch that recently? No. Oh, just, you just I know just it. burned in my brain. That's awesome. But the one I watched I recently. It just sticks with you. Yeah, the one that. I did watch recently because people like pass it around Twitter is the one where his dad abandons him again and he's just given the Will Smith performance of a lifetime with Uncle Phil. Why don't he want me? Why, why, don't, he why want, don't he want me, man? That scene is so heavy, heavy and so good. Um, now, does that sit? Well, let's see what Nate, but are you then leaning towards Fresh Prince? Let's see what Nate has to say out in Eastern Pennsylvania. Western Pennsylvania. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, tomato, tomato. It's all the same. To Your you West elite Coast. coasters, yeah. the the elite coastal folk. <laughs> um, it you is. know, everything that you just said about French Prince rings true for sure. I mean, you you got the 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 performances of a lifetime um, with those story plot lines. Um, but I'm still just reverting back to how Seinfeld is just, it's just one of those shows that turns the, even the most mundane topic into something that's funny. Um, cause they, you know, the top, the topics can be about anything yeah. and somehow, you know, involving either George or Kramer, um, or even, you know, the weird, Postal guy. Um, uh, Newman, yeah. 
Uh, Newman, man, the one yeah, where Newman, the one yeah. where they get all the recycling just to go to Michigan or whatever it is to, to get, get ten, five more cents <laughs> <laughs> after he had painted the highway into two lanes so it was more luxurious. Just Kramer <laughs> sitting there while Newman slugging yellow, mellow yellow. So exactly. Um, exactly, and okay, and also you guys have always, you know, the episodes where they're driving in the car and the gas light is on and it goes past, you know, the empty <laughs> and they just keep driving it. They're, they're just testing it because they've never gone. No man has gone as far as they have gone. I can relate to that. We all can relate to that. We all have driven with the gas light on empty. But so that is the reason why is, I'm going with Seinfeld. Is relatability of, one of the five though, you know? Maybe it's part of Nate's five. No. Maybe Nate's got his own criteria. There. Are you going with Seinfeld then? Maybe that helps with the rewatchability. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, relatability yeah, that's definitely fair. helps with rewatchability because you're not going to rewatch something and you can't really relate to it, I feel like. That's true. Um, so I'm going right. to go with Seinfeld. Even right. though, you know, Will Smith, he's my homie. He's my boy. Oh, yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> Bagger Vance, though. Uh, I, I'll go with Fresh Prince. Nate's going Seinfeld. So what is JD penciling in over there? I'm going Seinfeld. Ah, uh, that's your. That's the Larry. JD's a, JD's a Larry David stan, if you will. It's the rewatchability and it's just the nostalgia of the entire arc. I remember. What about the originality my- of Will Smith rapping the song? Bringing it to, to Bel Air, going from Philly. Remember he goes to school and he turns his jacket inside out? That's so original. You don't think there's originality in that opening Seinfeld jingle? That's true. But maybe there's not originality when, you know, in the first five seasons. Really, it's just off his comedy, you know? It's just sitting right. I'm just, I'm just fighting. I'm grasping at straws over here. Exactly. Was, yeah. You can yeah. keep talking, but right. my mind's made up. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to convince JD in the last second. Okay. Thursday night lineup. Yes, friends versus Seinfeld. Wow, a battle. Um, two heavyweights. Long? Did they both go ten seasons? I think they did. Uh, I would say the friends' ending was maybe a little bit better. How'd you guys feel about the Seinfeld ending, Nate? Uh, I thought it was. I mean, it's hard to end a show. Yeah, um, that's so fair. When you. When you do end a show, not everybody's going to like it. But I thought it was it was fine. You know, that's a good it, point. You know, it wasn't good. Oh yeah, I was just going to say you're right because like being a sitcom, unless you have a final goal like How I Met Your Mother, um, or with mm-hmm. Fresh Prince, they move out. You know, with Seinfeld, it's just four friends. Like, how are you going to end it? Um, mm-hmm. some, something has to happen, and they tried to get creative with it, and maybe that's not a not a terrible thing because easily they could all move away, and it would be like, oh okay. So I loved it, and I know the. Really? Larry David talks about how much shit he gets. Oh, I'm he, sure he's he even brought it up on Curb where somebody mentions about how it was just kind of a cop out ending. He goes, Really? Like I thought I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was fine. <laughs> but it was a nice way to bring all the characters back because there are so many memorable characters in Seinfeld that it was a good way to recall them and also remind everyone how terrible these people have been over the course of the series. It was a good throwback to, you know, the soup Nazis there and everybody's there. Um, yeah, no, so, so that's fair. I just think with friends, Seinfeld is, is built on its, its core and they do a really good job, but I think that maybe friends builds a better world, even though I don't know if that's true with all the different characters that come and go and even Seinfeld, 
Um, his whatever his dentist name is, that guy's always in it. The uh, the anti dent. What? Who is it? Watley. Yes. Brian, Brian Cranston. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, it is. Yeah. Oh my god. My, my brain. Um. So maybe Seinfeld does do it as well. Maybe I'm just seeing more Friends episodes in my life. It's more nostalgic for me as where maybe Seinfeld would be for JD. Um, Nate, where do you fall in this argument? You know, it's. I think I. I think Seinfeld is more on the, the nostalgic side for me. I, you know, it's. I, I always remember when I am turning on the TV for reruns, and typically, you know, you have Seinfeld on, you have Friends on, you have Long Demo at the same time on competing channels. I almost always usually flip it to Seinfeld. Hmm. Um, it just relates to me a little bit more as far as not so much like the, the characters, but just the, the humor of Seinfeld. I, I, I enjoy that humor a little bit more like than what we just, you know, on the last, um, be the friends, when we were talking about friends last time, you know, with the cookie cutter humor, humor, um, I enjoyed the Seinfeld humor a little more. It was a little bit more deeper in the sense that the jokes were, a little bit more out there and you had to kind of think a little bit on why something was funny or, um, you know, if it, if it was something that was, um, stupid, like, but like, why it was stupid? I don't know. I should, I'm just blabbering on. on. It's no, just hard to you're good. Humor. Yeah, no, you you're good. I, I mean? like it's, it was, it's a good barometer that you were saying is like, they'll, they'll both be on a lot. And so it's a good, which one can I go to? And I think the humor in Seinfeld is like you said earlier, the relatability where they could have these situations that maybe all of us have dealt with, whether it's getting out of something or having to do something you don't want to do mm-hmm. or interacting in a situation where you don't want to, or seeing somebody on the street that you don't want to, or how do you, not date anybody anymore or after you find out that she's got a fake arm or whatever you know like there's all these weird different scenarios uh, where that like you might not even though that fake arm one is weird but like where you actually might experience where the friends comedy is that it's just the situational new york like maybe i don't live any of those jokes but the humor and the world that they built is good whereas seinfeld like you said i mean it could take place in jerry's apartment and elaine's apartment and yet there would still be a, a bunch of things where we're like oh I get that because it's funny about nothing, but we've experienced it. Interesting. Right. Exactly. Um, JD, where do you fall? But the, oh, what were you going to say, Nate? I was going to say, but at the same time, if, if you, we, if we had a, honestly, if we had like a female perspective on this call, it just, <laughs> it might be totally different because if, I mean, I remember going to female friends houses, you know, in college or even after, um, you know, when I was a young professional and stuff, you look at their DVD case, it's seasons like one through six of Friends. Yeah. Friends, you don't see Seinfeld. You know, you see that consistently. So I think, I think kind of like the male versus female perspective also plays a huge factor in deciding this. So I think we're a little bit biased here, guys, but I agree. continue. Well, I think that's because the Friends show did a better job of incorporating the women because the only Seinfeld mm-hmm. women are Elaine, who Julia Louis-Dreyfus is yeah. just the best female comedian. But also... The way they treat the women little... in the Seinfeld, though, they're all just objects. Yeah. They're all just objects to Jerry mm-hmm. where, or whoever, whereas in, in Friends, you actually get a little bit of... You know, you actually get two females talking to each other yeah. more often than not. You have scenes with Phoebe and Rachel and Monica. Um, and they're all more feminine than I would say Elaine is. Elaine has a lot of... yeah very kind of masculine qualities to her. She's not your typical 
female role. Yeah, makes sense. I would. Yeah, like, I would agree with that. Even in her relationships with guys on the show, she was kind of the dominant one. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. If I had to pick one, I'm going Seinfeld. I'm going Friends. I'm going Friends. It's just the uh, the wider scope of humor. I love Seinfeld. Don't get me wrong. They're in the finals. But I think I would, uh, if it's on, those two are on, and I know the Friends episode, and it's it's a good one, I'm every time. Nate, break the tie. Oh, man. Yeah, we did that Pressure on purpose. On caller. Jeez. Oh, um, just lean back in your chair. So let's l- yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you really, really put your thinking cap on, didn't you? Uh, I am. I did. Um, so let's go through the four criteria. Uh, rewatchability. Rewatchability. I, I, I actually I wrote them down. So oh, okay. Rewatchability. Oh, uh, I mean, they, they both. You rewatch both. I mean, it's just tough. The hey, cast, you the acting. You got to pick. Um. The cast, you know, both are great. Um, are we going to have a tie in this bracket? Originality. <laughs> okay, we, do we do tie? Originality is not close. <laughs> because no, neither yeah, of them are original. Right. Seinfeld is far more original um, than Friends is. Well, they're, yeah. they, they follow the same concept. I guess Seinfeld was first. Uh, you got four friends that hang out in a place. I, so you got six friends that hang out in a place. Like, I think the way they shot... Seinfeld, it was pretty new to what a sitcom was at that time. Right. Okay, I guess, so, yeah. But they're not really like how, how, advancing okay, a storyline. I have my pick, guys. I Sorry. have my pick. Okay, good. I have it. So believe it or not, Seinfeld George is, is in at home. Please leave a message <laughs> at the beep. Oh uh, man, the one where George is trying I to have sex out. and eat and well, make sure he does, he's eating sandwiches while he's having sex. Could I, be? See, I, I think they're just <laughs> more they're more of all these type of moments in Seinfeld than friends. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I tried to f- battle it out, but we have our winner, Seinfeld, in, in a great a great bracket, a and great, great tournament. Thing, the great thing about this bracket is people can look at it and get so many different Absolutely. Roseanne's not making it in anybody else's bracket out of the first round. Yeah, All right. I'd put, I'd put Frazier in over Roseanne. <laughs> yeah, here, let's look I'm at the, intellectual. the cutting room floor. <laughs> Frazier, Big Bang Theory. We weren't ready to put 30 Rock in there. Big Bang Theory really wasn't on the cutting no. room. No. It's always sunny. Not quite the type of sitcom we were looking for. And, and of then, course, Nate's favorite that he was uh, uh, the the big snub of the tournament for Nate, Sista Sista, Sista. did not make it in. Is that the one with Brandy? Yeah. No, that's the one with uh. No, with the sister. Tia and Tamara. No. Tia, Tia and Tamara. Because that was also yeah, what, what was the other show Are with their with, with their brother? No. Another black. Uh, smart guy. No. Is that what it was? Remember that one, Nate? No. No. no I, I don't remember that one. Never mind. No, no, no. I don't watch too much TV. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was our that was our sitcom bracket, and that was uh, that was a nice little trip down memory lane. As most of those shows, fifteen out of the sixteen are done and not making episodes anymore, unless uh, Arrested Development comes back. But that's on the back burner. We spent an hour doing that. I did not expect that to go oh, on, but we wow. just love chatting with our buddy Nate. And you know what? If we come out with a long podcast, who the fuck cares? So <laughs> let's go ahead and let's spend twenty thirty minutes. Let's just talk a little bit about the NFL draft. We're not going to do anything too crazy. I just want to get some thoughts on Nate from the first round. 
We're going to talk quarterbacks. We're going to talk about each of our teams because they're, we've got one in the top 10, one in the middle 10, and one in the last 10 of the first round. And then we're going to go over some guys uh, that might be drafted in the later rounds and who Nate likes because he is our head scout that we send out there into the field uh, and pay him in podcast appearances. So first off, uh, should we just start with the quarterbacks and who you would take first? I mean, I don't know kind of yes. where we want to start, but Nate, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you have the yeah. first pick. Maybe it's not even Tyra. Do you have a quarterback that you like out of all of these? I do. I do have one guy that, that I do like. Oh, you have one. Um, you, you have one specific guy that you would pick uh, above the rest. There's no it's close for you or anything like that. Can I guess who it is? Well, I, yeah, I would rank them, but yeah, so go ahead and guess. Who and Nate's mind. I know he's in a pro football focus, but, okay, if I had to rank the top four quarterbacks, I would say you rank them Darnold, Mayfield, Allen Rosen. Really? I don't know. I would think he likes Rosen more. Uh, than Allen? Yeah. Well, yeah. than anybody. I think he put Rosen at the top, Ooh. then Mayfield, then Darnold, then Allen. Reveal yourself, Nate. So, both of you guys are wrong. Um, my top-rated quarterback is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Oh! Baker Mayfield. Um, there's a there's a bunch of factors I do like about him um, as opposed to what I don't like about the other people. Um, even though he is in a offense that is a very you know high percentage type of completion type of offense, if you look deeper in his analytical stats, um, he still is very accurate um, as far as where he puts the ball to be caught only by the receiver and away from the defender. Um, he goes through his reads. You know, this year he's really blossomed into into kind of a big game quarterback. Um, and he's a, I think he has that type of fiery personality to lead a team. If you want to talk about intangibles, um, I think he's the type of player um, that you want to have the ball. You know, at the end of the game, this guy that wants the ball and and that you actually trust with the ball. To be honest with you, um, trust that he won't make a stupid play. Trust that he'll, if he doesn't see something down the field, he'll throw it away to live another day. Um, and also the ability to, to make plays um, where nothing's there as well. I mean, not only do you have to look at his highlight reel, but you look at his lows. He doesn't have too many lows compared to the other quarterbacks. So do you? Um, and out of those, go ahead. So do you? My one question about that would be is I'm thinking to his last game, and maybe this mm -hmm. was just on the coaching staff, but it seemed like they took the ball out of his hands against Georgia. Do you remember that game? I remember a little bit of it. And, I thought and, it cost yeah, them it the game. Just towards scheme, you know, how they wanted to attack Georgia. Because um, didn't, didn't they have the lead? They did. And they were trying to maybe, like, kind of play a little bit defensively, kind of like what the Falcons did against the Patriots. Well, they you know, came, two yeah, they came back, ago. they got the lead, and then they just got very conservative um, mm -hmm. with play calling. But who who would your NFL comp be to him? Mm. I like a kind of a, a cross between a younger Drew Brees and kind of like a more fiery Case Keenum, a better Case Keenum Interesting. Um, type of quarterback, um, where he has that 
that maneuverability that, you know, you, if you remember some of Case, Case's plays last year as a Viking, he like escaped some pass rushes that for sure would eat up a bunch of other quarterbacks and send them made plays in them. It was really absurd. Um, but I think he has the, a better consistency than what Case has shown. Obviously, each Case has only shown one year of decent play. Um, but if, if honestly, if, if Baker Mayfield was two inches taller, or if he was six three as opposed to you know six foot and a half. He'd be, I don't think, clear cut number one. You think um, the reason why Darnold is being talked as the number one is that he's kind of the safest of all the quarterbacks. Yeah, I can um, see that. He got. So, do you think scouts and front office personnel are still kind of hung up on size, even though we've seen a Drew oh. Brees or we've seen a Russell Wilson, just because? there's the bus factor of it where you're, you're a little smaller. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, did you know that in, um, Oh, sorry, Nate, just because when it comes down to it, it's, it's a game where you typically, the bigger that you are, the faster you are, the stronger you are, you win. That's kind of what football is. So scouts, you know, player personnel teams will always be hung up about size. Um, that's why, um, uh, um, what's his name from uh, LSU that went to the Raiders again? Um, Jamarcus? A couple years back. Yes. That's why Jamarcus Russell went so high. Um, and that's why Josh Allen is going to go so high now. Um, the scouts still, you know, they still, you know, drop their mouth at the size of Josh Allen's, Josh Allen's dong when he, when he puts his knee on the ground and throws the ball hundred yards to the other end zone, like they can't get enough of that. But when in, when in the game, are you going to be do that? When in the game, most of the time, are you going to be, have the time to sit back there and heave the ball downfield? Did you you know, there's see way more to quarterback play as opposed to arm strength, as opposed to size, as opposed to strength. And I, I do understand that the potential is higher, but the, the the floor is so low and you are making a organizational changing decision with picking the QB of your future where I wouldn't I personally wouldn't risk it. So I'm all with you, Nate, on the on Josh Allen. I think he's straight, headed straight to bus town. I'm with you there. It's just you gotta show me something to be that high of a pick. Like he just Wyoming, and yeah, arm strength, great. A lot of people have arm strength, and they don't make it in the league because they're just for whatever reason. And we got to show me some intangibles. Like, we got advanced metrics. We got all these things, and you still want to go off how big he is and how far he can throw the ball. It's like, come on. Uh, also, I was looking at the the game log, the, the play log from the Georgia-Oklahoma game. First of all, mm-hmm. they were leading 31-17 at half. Oklahoma right. got 10 more possessions in the game. They ran the ball on eight of them on the first down. They scored ten points. Yeah, conservative. Conservative. Yeah. They scored seventy-two. It, it too conservative. I, I didn't realize that at the time, um, but it was not. You got to put pressure. You got to put, you know, foot on the throat. And so I think what JD was saying was kind of true. Where it was like, uh, not Baker, but it was you know handcuffing him a little bit. Yeah. But you like Baker, okay? Right. Huh. I do like Baker. I think. I mean, if he his he his his game tape is is very very solid. Um, and he, he kind of passes everything else. I mean, he, he, he's, he's, he's just tall enough to, 
to, to succeed, I feel like. You know, his arm strength is more than adequate. Um, and he he can make plays with his feet. Um, and I think a lot of people say, you know, they, they think that they might get the next Johnny Manziel with Baker. So that's what people are worried about, kind of like his off-the-field issues. If, if he's, you know, more of – wants to be more of a – a superstar rather than a football player, but unless Baker Mayfield also has a drinking problem and just gonna say. an alcoholic, um, he's not going to turn to Johnny Manziel. I agree. Um, you know, so teams have to really do their due diligence as far as understanding his background and, and if he will commit to football. Because if, if if they feel and they believe that he can, there's no really no reason why he can't be the best quarterback out of this class. Um, but we could very well see a 2004 quarterback class, you know, where Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, that does have that potential. But obviously, you know, that's few and far in between. That's a once in a lifetime type of class. Man, who was the receiver from Oklahoma State? Who? Justin Blackman. Justin Blackman. Yep. That was when people were Justin scouting Blackman. him. There was rumors that a guy literally kind of trailed him for a bit, like for the week, and he would go into a bar in the middle of the day by himself and get loaded. Really? And that's like, wow. hey, yeah. See, that's a red see, those flag. Those are the types of red flags. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's that a, will oh, I think it was the Bucks or something. Yeah. You from the draft board. Okay. So. Yeah. so Baker Mayfield, do you have a spot that you would put him, or a spot that you see him going in the top ten? So if I were the Browns, I would take him one. Would you take him but four or would you take him if, one? But Go ahead. I was just going to say, would you pass on him at one knowing that you could get him at four or would you trade down out of one or would you be afraid that there's an actual chance that he could go number one? And I asked that because he's 16 to one to be the first overall pick. <laughs> Um, you know, it's lying season right now with, with NFL teams. You yeah. know, it's, and and if, if, if you feel that significant about one particular quarterback, and like I was saying before, you know, this is a organizational, life-changing type of decision for your franchise. I wouldn't risk losing that player. Um, I would take him one. Where I think he's going to go is that I think he's going to go um, – to the Jets. I think the Jets are at three now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think he's going to go to the Jets. Um, I think it's going to be Darnold. I think it's going to be Rosen. I think it's going to be Mayfield. That's how I think it's going to go. Um, all this bullshit from the Giants about not picking a quarterback and kind of to extend Eli, you know, his years there. I mean, then what are you going to do after that? You yeah. Know? Not to get too yeah. off topic, but I know next year's quarterback draft class is pretty bad from what I've seen. Oh, really? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the Giants. All, yeah, all this. Oh. Yeah, all this. Wait till next year stuff. When you have the opportunity, you're picking number two. You know, you're picking this high for a reason, and you just got a new coach. You know, there's really no other better time to grab that quarterback for that coach because with a new coach, you're gonna have a little bit more leeway. Whereas you know, if you have if you have a losing season, you know it's understandable why, um, and you use that time to pick your quarterback. So, 
So right. you're saying Baker Mayfield under the six and a half for pick. <laughs> Um, as in that he will go uh, before go, seven. Go six or, high, or higher. Yeah. Yeah. He would definitely will. I think he's, there's no way he's, he's living the top five. Cause I've heard that the Broncos like him a lot too at five. Oh so, yeah. They need a quarterback. I, I Everybody think, needs so, a quarterback up there. I think, wow. yeah, they do. I think some team, even, even if the team currently picking in the top five, don't pick him. Some some team will trade up to that pick to grab one of the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks, those three, probably four quarterbacks are going within the top top twelve picks. It's crazy that if you look at the top ten, the first five need a quarterback, but the next five just don't really. Like, would you would the Colts mm-hmm. really draft draft a quarterback? I don't think so. The Bucks aren't going to draft one. No. The Bears aren't going to draft one. The Niners well, aren't going to draft one. The Bucks just picked up Jameis's fifth-year option. And I guess it was a no-brainer. Right. He sucks. Yeah, and what he I'm did, saying yeah. is that even though that's why those teams, you know they're not going to draft one, but they're prime candidates to trade back to a team in the 10 to 20 slot to move up to draft one. Um, because, like, for example, you look at the Colts. They need a lot of help. Yeah. Don't they? They need multiple picks. They need, they need help in the line. They need some more offensive playmakers, they need defensive help. Why not, you know, ransom off your pick again um, for additional help and fall back a little and still kind of get a top-tier player but gain additional depth and maybe you might hit one on one of those mid-round picks and um, get lucky. You know, it just just makes more sense for a team that doesn't need – unless they actually pick a quarterback, unless Andrew's luck shoulder is – a lot worse than it is because I did. Oh, I hope not. Oh, I hope not. They still got Jacoby. I wasn't throwing a Nerf ball yet or something like that. Man, I'm just looking at the Bills sitting there at 12 and 22, mm-hmm. and they oh, could just yeah. package those if there's a quarterback that they love. Because who's their starter right now? Peterman? AJ McCarron. Oh, they got McCarron. Did they pay him? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think it was like a, a two year deal with like like a guarantee in the first year of like fifteen million or something like that. Like kind of like the starting rate for a a, a Mike Lennon type of deal. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna miss, they're gonna miss Tyrod, but the Ravens. I don't know. They're gonna need a quarterback soon. Cardinals need a quarterback. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some teams that could move. Okay, a lot of teams need good quarterbacks. Um, very mm-hmm. quickly. What are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson? Because is that a guy that you could see being a breakout star, being a bust, both kind of everywhere in between? Yeah, um, I think you. I think you hit it on the head. He's kind of everywhere in between. Um, he does have a lot of potential if you can kind of turn him into a better quarterback, as far as teach him more the nuance of the game. Um, his athleticism's off the charts. You know, the, some of the throws that he's made on tape, you know, makes you go, wow. Um, and he's made some dumb plays too. But he, yeah. he's the type of quarterback that if you believe you have a creative enough offensive coordinator where they can structure an offense around his strengths, then you can go all in as Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. Um, I like him more than Josh Allen. Um, I don't like him as much as 
you know, Bates has Mayfield or, or Darnold. Um, but I still think he's a first round talent. So, um, I think a team, if he doesn't, if, if he doesn't go to the top 15, I could see a team trading up into the late twenties or early thirties to get back into the first round to nab him in order to retain him for that fifth year option, which is important for a quarterback. Kind of like what the Vikings did with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, unfortunately that didn't work out, you know, due to the catastrophic knee injury, but the thought process is the same with that. So man, it would be fun to see him go to the Jags, to the Patriots. What if he went to to the Seahawks? I know they have Russell, but yeah, Lamar Russell, the the Saints. I don't know how many more years Breeze is playing, but if you if he turned out to be a dynamic quarterback, and you put him with those running backs and those receivers, that would be a really nice offense. Yeah. Oh yeah. I put him on the bench. I do like him with the Jags. I think that's that'd be a sneaky. Um, solid pick because um, the Jags, they're building a decent offense if they can get some better quarterback play. Um, they're adding you know, to their offensive line. Um, the receivers, even though they lost Allen Robinson, you know, they're, they're, they're okay. Um, whoa, they're whoa, good, whoa. But- You're not even talking about the biggest piece that they lost on offense. Alan Hearns to the Cowboys. Okay, Nate, let's get it right. A Rob, A Rob's just getting paid over there in Chicago. Hearns knows a winner when he sees one. Anyway, I just had to say that. Okay, let's go through <laughs> some quicker. It's just quick questions for you. Let's see. How about this? Okay. I'm going to start with this. If you were the Dolphins, would you draft a quarterback at 11? Uh, yes and no. Um, if if one's on the board, I yes. guess. Yeah, if if one that's on top of your board is on the board, yeah, go for it because Tannehill, um, I think he's had his chance, and you know, coming back from a knee injury and, and all that jazz, it's, it's just time's ticking on him. Um, but if somebody's there, like let's say like if Quentin Nelson is there, he he won't be. But let's say that he's there, and you need a player to drastically help that horrid offensive line. You know, you you take him and you you're happy with yourself. So, you know, it's a, okay. it's a, it's a loaded question because you don't really know who's on the board at the time. True. But it should definitely be on their mind. How about this? Will Calvin Ridley be the first wide receiver drafted? And do you think he should be? Oh. I love when Nate gets excited. About yeah. It. He's oh. ready. He's been watching. He's been watching DJ Moore game film at Maryland. Just Nate is so ready for next weekend. Nate, are you ready for next Thursday or what? You know, you guys don't even know. I've been waiting a whole year for it, literally. Who's your favorite so, wide receiver in yeah. the draft? In this draft, uh, I'm big DJ Moore fan, but I love Anthony Miller out of Memphis. I love um, Anthony Miller. So I usually don't deep dive, but I know the Bears mm-hmm. are going to pr- – once we didn't match um, Cameron Meredith's contract, I knew mm-hmm. we were going to take one in the – maybe second, third, fourth round. So I started looking around and man, so he's mm-hmm. a walk on at Memphis yep. and yep. so he's a senior, but the, I think he scored 18 touchdowns senior well, year. They had a prolific offense. Oh, great offense. It was unbelievable, but Dude, just he's walk- a baller, man. Yeah, he is a baller though. Don't no, no, don't get me yeah. wrong. When I say that he was a baller yep. watching some of his games were fun to watch because the quarterback was fun, but Anthony Miller was, uh, he had Dude. some nuts games. Yeah. Good route runner. The, um, Seems to catch thing- everything. Yeah. The- 
the thing about Anthony Miller is that he is absolutely tenacious. Um, one comp that I heard that kind of sticks with me is, is Steve Smith, um, senior. When you, uh, is how Anthony Miller plays the game, you know, in your face, you know, always, you know, going at you 100%. Chip on your shoulder. Um, Love those players. Yep. Yeah. I mean, anyone who's yep. a walk-on and then um, scores 18 touchdowns. Because they're not going to get paid and stop trying. He's putting in work. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I do like DJ more, too. Um, I think he's, he's going to be a solid, solid receiver. Um, both those two players, my only concerns is that I've seen some really kind of lane drops from both of them where, you know, the ball is hitting them straight in the hand and they're either turning up field too fast or taking their eye off it and the ball just clunks off their fingertips for, for incompletion, whereas they should have caught, you know, some of those types of, um, you see Brandon Marshall, you know, make those, as a Bears fan, you've seen Brandon Marshall make those drops numerous times where it just clunks off his hands and he just doesn't pay attention. Yeah. But I feel like, these t- players, though, still make up for it in spades by their playmaking ability and what they do when they do catch the ball. So I guess it's a, it's a trade-off, but you, you, you would still like to see them catch um, everything that is catchable thrown their way. Ooh, this, is a fun, this is a fun bet I'm looking at. Will the top three picks mm-hmm. all be quarterbacks? It's pretty even. Yeah. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so too. Because mm-hmm. even Cause if some nobody's training up for Barkley, right? Like, no, no. If you're so. Right, up, like nobody's going to get the top. Back. All right, some quick yeah, hitters. You're, you're you ready for, for some quick hitters? We'll do these quick, and you can if it's the same answer with who you think will be first versus who uh-huh. you would take first. That's great. Just say that. But if it's different, just let me know. All right, ready? Okay. Yep. All right, first wide receiver between the two, Cortland Sutton or Calvin Ridley? Uh, Calvin Ridley. Okay. Um, first DB, Minka Fitzpatrick or Derwin James? Ooh, Derwin James. I, Derwin James is my spirit animal. I don't even know those guys. Jesus. So <laughs> some of this stuff the stuff that I've – About Minka – is that you don't know if he's a corner, a slot corner, or a safety. He can't play. He's never played outside. Well, I wouldn't say never, but he hardly plays outside corner. And to really go that high, you need to be able to play on the boundary, right? I feel like. I don't know. I think there's a new kind of emphasis put on slot cornerbacks and kind of gadget Uh DBs who can go anywhere. Kind of like, not comparing him to Jalen Ramsey, but like Jalen Ramsey who can play inside, outside. And I know well, that he hasn't but, but shown that thing. he can play outside yeah. like Jalen. But I right. I was looking at Derwin James, and I get that his, the con footage is like you're seeing some of the bad stuff. But he took some bad angles on stuff. So are you drafting James as a slot cornerback or as a safety? Safety. As a safety. Do you think safety. he could even play Pure linebacker? Safety. Linebacker? Yeah. Just a small Kinda linebacker. Like a Dion, like a Dion Jones. Like a Dion Jones, yeah. Uh, 
No. He doesn't tackle yeah, I think he's, I well, think he's right? Or like a, maybe like a, a, a Dion Buchanan, right, for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I know the answer to this one. Roquan, Roquan Smith or Tremaine Edmonds? Oof. Ah, I, um, I'm, I, I like Edmonds. I'm he likes Edmonds. Edmonds. Oh, I, I like Roquan. Roquan? Roquan. What's wrong with Roquan? Um, Edmonds is like 14 years old. Is he, I think he's like 18, 18 or 19. Wait, how? Yeah. yeah how? He, I don't know how. He's young. He's like, he's like, he's like 20. He's done. Oh, okay. Yeah, nineteen wouldn't really make but sense. He, yeah, <laughs> he, he's really he's young. like Juju, um, Juju Young. Ah, okay. Yeah, um, Roquan. Um, I just I like him, um, but I've seen him take like like what you saw with Derwin James. I've seen him take some bad angles over pursue um, type of situations where at the next level uh, he he could he recovers in college because he's you know more athletic than the average college player but at the next level um that won't happen um and you kind of hit the nail on the head with tremaine 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 edmonds yeah you um, must love him man you ain't from wakanda <laughs> i know uh he even though you see the same type of mistakes he's just oozing potential you know yeah. six four two fifty five you know, four, five, four, forty. Man, now you're getting um, to that stuff that you were talking exactly, about. Exactly, Nate. Where people fall in love with quarterbacks because of size and arm strength, but not how they're playing the game. Though. You're you're talking it's about different. potential. All Josh Allen is his potential. Maybe all Edmonds is his potential also. It's different with quarterbacks and then with any other position in That's football. Racist. Because it is fair, though. <laughs> it is fair. You know, you know how I, you know how I said that. Typically, the the bigger, faster, stronger person wins in football. Yeah, it does, but not at the core position, at the quarterback position, where you are, you know, you have to know where everybody on the field is at all times in order to make the correct play. Tell that so, to Jay Cutler. Man. I think it's a little bit different. Jay Cutler had like a twelve-year <laughs> career. Didn't know what the hell was going on. No, I. it's still going to be one of those great unsolved mysteries is how Jay Cutler lasted over a decade in the NFL. Nate? I mean, J.D., don't you know that there are listeners now that we have a... Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Our listeners? Of, you know, Kevin Listen, Bacon. Our listeners to, <laughs> to, uh, to uh, Jay Cutler with Kristen Calavari and going to high school with her. So Actually, we are yeah, all... I think everybody knows that by now. Related to Jake. Nate, you must think that we've gotten like new listeners or something because you know all of ours. Don't you worry. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the Bears, though. They're going eight. Yeah. Let's see what Mm -hmm. J. Nate, who do you think the Bears should take? And then I want to see if that jives with what JD wants. Do you have an opinion on it? Should Should they trade down? If he laughs, no. If they laugh, if he laughs, to the Bears pick, they should take Quinn Nelson for Shizzle. Do you think he'll last that long, though? I've seen a lot of mocks where he's falling to us, just because, like we talked about earlier, there are a bunch of quarterbacks. You know, four, maybe five quarterbacks can go in the top ten. That's crazy. Okay. You know, I think be, I think Quinn Nelson is the best player in this draft. I've heard a lot of people say that, and oh man, how sweet, how excited would you be? Do you? Do you um, do you remember how I felt about Aaron Donald 
this is that's how I feel about Quentin Nelson. Really? Like that? That's a no. Yeah, you like the All Pro? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good sign. Nate, no, I'm was, Nate. Was, well, no, no. The, Nate was all over Aaron Donald, and I think he was projected to mock right at end of lottery, or and he would just send me something like, "Man, look at this! Look at this guy! Like, look at how fast he is! It's like, oh, they say he's undersized. It doesn't matter. Like, look at how look at him explode!" And then I'd hear Nate literally explode in his pants. And you know what? He was right. right. He was absolutely right. Nate, I uh, I have not been focused on football. We've had you know, the pod, you know, obviously. Basketball, um, my new job. Can you illuminate me a little bit on the Cowboys drafting at 19? And I know what they're looking for. Maybe who somebody I should look for at that number is. Do you know the middle of the draft pretty well? Is there a Des Bryant type yeah. guy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're going to be looking at wide receiver or your secondary, right? Like a safety. Yeah. Um, something. Um, so a couple names that we did already touched upon, you know, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, um, Corbin Sutton, um, those types of receivers um, are pretty solid. Um, I don't know if any of them can replicate what Dez did for you guys during his prime. Um, I, because they all have their own strengths and weaknesses um, Corbin Sun has, I think, the highest potential to be kind of like that touchdown red zone machine just because of his height, his body, his vertical leap um, type of ability. Um, but I think DJ Moore is the, the best total receiver available. So if he's there at 19, I would probably jump all over that. Awesome. Um, flip side, flipping over to defense, uh, Derwin James, if he's there, that's the, that's that's the guy that you should, that you should take. Could you see him um, falling to nineteen? It's possible. You never know with safeties. Um, like we were just talking about, you know, you teams like their their um, the players that are flexible and you know can play multiple positions. Um, Derwin James is not so much not really a slot guy, um, not really a boundary guy. He's, he's, he's definitely a pure safety, but if you want to talk about somebody who is flexible, uh, Denzel Ward, you know, another second, um, uh, defensive back from the Ohio state university, you know, they churn out DBs and Denzel Ward is just another DB in, in that same line of solid players from Ohio state. So that's another name to watch out for. Okay. Denzel Ward. Where are, the, where are the Vikings? 27? No. 30. 30. 30. Oh, of Man, course. You yeah. guys must have been good last year. <laughs> I guess 25 yeah. or 27. <laughs> Who do you want at 30, Nate? Uh, oh, man. Um, Whoever the Patriots want at 31. Uh, I was going to say, let me guess. Yeah. It's going to be some offensive lineman I've never heard of because I've heard of one in this draft. It could be a defensive <laughs> lineman I've never heard of. <laughs> Who is it? A big hog. A big hog. No. Um, so, are you going to guess? No, I don't know. I don't know any offensive linemen. No. Okay. Um, the the player, the most re- realistic player that I would like for the Vikings would be Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia. Uh, yeah, um, it's a tackle, right? So, he played left tackle at Georgia, but he's a little bit shorter and stoutier um, to project to 
left tackle in the NFL. He's about 6'3", 310, 315 pounds. Um, so a lot of teams are projecting him to guard. Um, he His tape, of all the alignment tape besides Quentin Nelson, is the best tape. Um, most technically sound, doesn't get beat, uh, can block in a, in a power man, can block in a zone scheme, um, knows how to pick up blitzes, understands, you know, defensive nuances as far as, you know, um, stunts and, and how they try to attack you. Um, he, he's kind of, kind of the whole package um, as far as a collegiate blocker. And I think he has enough potential to where, let's say that you need somebody to swing out the tackle, you know, for a game or two, he can still do it, but I think he would be an all pro guard. So he's kind of like at the top of my wish list, but there's a lot of, a lot of mine, mine, you know, landmines in that minefield all the way up to 30 with teams needing interior linemen. Um, if the Bills don't trade up for a quarterback, you have the Bills sitting right there in the mid-20s, um, just lost. Uh, they trade Cordy Glenn. They lost their uh, their center to retirement. Richie Incognito is, I don't know what the hell he's doing. He's what retired, a disaster retired that was. or whatever. He's, yeah, he's a piece of shit anyways, so that they they need somebody there the Bengals need offensive line help desperately um i feel like the jags would still pick an offensive line and there's a lot of a lot of a lot of landmines before um quentin nelson or excuse me before isaiah win can make it to 30 so i'm crossing my fingers but i'm not holding my breath nate do you follow Dake, uh, duke manyweather on twitter i do i do i'm a big follower of him he's a great He's a great guy to learn um, how to scout and what to look for when you're watching offensive linemen. Uh, Isaiah Wynn is the guy one. that he loves, right? I've, I remember seeing some video because I follow him too, and I, he's the because I remember him in the Georgia uh, the Georgia jersey, and that's kind of I don't I forgot his name, but he's the guy that he's been posting a, a lot of recently, right? I think so. There's a couple of off, other offensive guys, offensive linemen that I do follow, so I might have mixed them up, but I think. Charles McDonald's another one. Um, uh, Jeff Schwartz, you know, the former lineman, he's another guy that all three of them, you know, I, I kind of look to to see what their opinions are on some of the offensive line play. But yeah, I think I think Isaiah Wynn is a big um, has a lot of fans amongst um, people that follow the draft just because he's just so technically sound and he doesn't lose. Yeah. Um, one of the the biggest things that I've I've heard is that his great advice is that when you're trying to scout um, linemen on offense and on defensive side of the ball is look to see how often they are off their feet. Not in the much that like they pancake somebody when you're offensive lineman because that's a positive, but how many times you, fa- you fall down trying to block somebody, how many times you get run over Just caught off um, balance, when, of, you know, yeah. Caught off, yeah. Yeah. So balance is the biggest, like like you just said, is the biggest factor when determining if an offensive lineman can project to the NFL. Because if you're getting caught off balance multiple times a game against collegiate players, you stand no chance yeah, against yeah, right. those, yeah, those, those big hosses coming at you. All right, Nate, we got like a, day. we've just got a few minutes left because we're almost hitting two hours on this sucker. Um, oh wow! Just gone by so quick. I know, I know. If I if I thought about it, maybe we got a next time. We'll break it into two parts. But you know what? The great thing about podcasts is you can stop them. You can pause them, right? You can watch the listen to the bracket and then listen to the football. Uh, for both of you, 
Do you want Shaquille Griffin on your team? Because I definitely do. Yes. Oh man, absolutely. Watching, watching um, him play, and then you hear. It's, it's I, I, I figured he would be a what second, third round. But then I've heard people say that you might drop like five, six. I was like, man, I'd throw a flyer in the fourth, easy. Absolutely, I would as well. Everybody needs linebacker depth. So, yeah. So this is my opinion on 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 Griffin. So you know he has a twin brother, right? That plays that's a quarterback for Seattle. Yeah. Who played so, well last year. And they're the exact same body type. Like and Well, so you, uh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. He One's is a little slimmer. You think he's a different Griffin that we're talking about? Because he's about five fingers light. Yeah. And a palm. And a wrist. <laughs> and a and a wrist. And a forearm. But anyway, we, we had to, we had to bring you back there a little bit. But uh, go on. For those of you who don't know, he doesn't right. have a hand. Uh, his left hand, right? He only has right. his right. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't have a hand, and he right. plays spectacularly. He's great to watch. Yeah. And he right. ta- and he actually he, finishes I mean, tackles. It's crazy. Yeah, he tackles. He plays inspiring football. He plays lights out. You know, he doesn't hold anything back. He's a he's the type of player as a fan you want to watch all the time because he's just out there flying like a freaking missile and ready to kill anybody on the field. So he's awesome. But I, I do question some of his ability because the way that he was used at central Florida, um, what he excels at is blitzing and attacking the passer as a pass rusher. So when you're trying to project him, to the NFL. He's 6 feet, 227, 230 pounds. And even if you saw him at the combine, you saw he had a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a belly there to get to 230 because he was stuffing cheeseburgers to beef up to show that he could play linebacker. Because like I was talking before, he has a twin brother who's a cornerback. That's his natural body type is of a kind of a slimmer type of cornerback. So he's essentially playing out of position, but that's what he does best is attack the pass rusher or is, is attack the, the passer as a pass rusher. Was he so can ever you project him? Sorry. Was he ever yeah. in coverage in college? You know? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, I think going off my memory, listening to some PFF podcasts and some other podcasts, um, he wasn't bad in coverage. He was, he was okay. Um, a lot of, a lot of linebackers, can't really cover in college so he did it okay but he didn't do it enough to where you feel comfortable dropping him back consistently in the nfl to warrant a you know a second round maybe even a third round pick i definitely can see a fourth round um i think he he definitely made a lot of buzz a lot of buzz because he ran a four three eight but then his next run after that was like a four five so I don't know what is the true, his true speed, because that's a really big discrepancy between the two runs that he had at the combine. But you shouldn't really judge that anyways. You really need to go off the game tape. But since we do have those numbers here, we have to analyze them in depth and, and you know, beat them to death with it. Definitely. But I just, I just, you just have to go back and see how he, how he plays at, in Florida, at Central Florida and if you can project that same play to the NFL with the, his body type, and it's really hard to do that to, as an every down type of player. So 
don't know. I, I think he's awesome, and I, I'm rooting for him, but I don't know if I would spend a second or third round pick on him. How did he lose his hand? Do you know? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like he was, he was born um, with a deformity on the hand. And so I think when – not when – so when he was a little bit older, after he was born, they amputated it because it was, yeah. wasn't they, – they couldn't keep it. So. That's drastic. So it was this unfortunate way, but, you know, it didn't really deter him. I mean, look, look clearly, at him. Clearly now. not. He's a All right, Nate. complete baller. Um, so. I, got, I got one last question, and I'm going to be quick about it. I, but I want, if you have it, three players – Late in the draft, or you know, just players that won't get drafted in the first, maybe the second round, even the, maybe not the third. But do you have three players late that you would be excited if your team got? Yeah. Um, is somebody like Anthony Miller somebody that's going to go pretty late that you want, or is he more of like a second no, round Mi- guy? Yeah, he's more of like a second, third round type of player. So. There's one receiver that, that I do like. Uh, his name is Dylan Cantrell. Um, he's from Texas Tech. He's projected to go fifth and sixth round. Um, what really caught my, my eye with him is that he's 6'3", he's 226. Um, he ran a 4, 4.5946, but he, his vertical is 3.5 inches. His broad jump is 10.10, and his shuttle – and three cones, his shuttle is 4.03 seconds. His three cone is 6.56. Oh, my God, Nate. I hope, I hope that's I, – I know it's probably not, but it would be so great if he had that from memory. I don't even know what a broad jump is. Like, in my head, I'm, like, picturing somebody jumping up and kind of, like, sticking their arms and legs out. And it's like, oh, how, what's the distance? So a broad jump is, like, is, 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 how, is how far you – <laughs> it's how far you jump, like um, just standing. standing still to to like you know um, like if you're trying to jump across a creek or something like that. You know that would be a broad jump. I wonder who decided that that was important to projecting right? a wide receiver. Just explosive, like kind of that quick yeah. twitch explosion. Yeah, where I guess so. If you're caught and then you can just like boom. Basically, you have no momentum, so how quick can you get yeah, going and jump? Yeah. All right, Nate, Dylan Cantrell, and we right. don't have time for three. We got time for one more. Somebody late, fifth, six, seven, okay. that we should be watching. If your team drafts him, you're kind of like, that's a good flyer late. And then we're getting Okay, out of here. so I'll go. Um, he's a small school guy running back um, from Fordham. His name is Chase Edmonds. He's Love projected to go probably like sixth or seventh round. Um, He's 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 like five nine, two hundred five pounds. I think he would make a great third down back for some team. Um, he's just he's really slippery and he makes plays and and he, he has really good um, testing numbers um, along with really good tape and production. Even though it was at a small school, so Chase Edmonds okay. is okay. a running back. One more. Where's my boy okay. from SDSU, Rashad Penny? Is there a chance oh, he can I go? Like- Man, he's so good. I like is him. He a, is, is he a second-round guy? Third yeah, round? Yeah, I would take him the second round for sure. Um, he might drop to third just because of the positional value of running backs and how this is such a deep class. But um, I, I've been doing a bunch of running back scouting for my dynasty league. Um, I have the ninth pick in the league out of a 16-team league. Is that the Kremlin and Trumps? I'm just hoping. Say that again? 
Is that the, how, how the Kremlin Trump's doing? Do we have to do any uh, draft research yet, or are we good? Uh, we're oh, good he's, now. He's okay. Um, we, we just, yeah, we just, yeah, we just have to to make sure none of our um, all our administration doesn't go to jail, which I'm hoping it does. But yeah, right, right, right. Uh, we got Nick Chubb on that team. Yeah, we do. Yeah. All right, sorry. Go on. You were talking about um, Rashad Penny, Rashad from San Diego Penny. State. Yeah, he's good. Rashad Penny. So Rashad Penny, he he's the type of back that could definitely be a three uh, three down type back in the NFL. Um, he has the size. He has the the slipperiness, the the tackle breaking ability, um, the vision, and he he catches passes, um, and he he's he's decently fast. I think he's like a between like a four four five and a four five type of guy, which is fast enough for his size and his ability. I like him a lot. I think um, like I was saying before, in any other draft, he's probably a solid second rounder. Um, I know. Um, I think. Uh, Bill Polian or something just came out and said that he has six first rounders for running backs graded and wow. Penny is one of them um, but he might drop to the third in this draft just because it's just so deep and if, if if he does and whoever picks him in the third is would be getting a steal so he's one of the guys that I'm targeting um, with my ninth pick and another guy throwing out there is Royce Freeman from Oregon who kind of does it all and kind of lost in the headway just because he had that knee injury and he came back from it, but he's still super, super solid and he does everything really well. And, and he's kind of like the new age back where you know, he can catch passes and he doesn't have to come out on third down for blitz protection or anything like that. Well, Nate, that was awesome. It is past your bedtime. Thank you so much it for is. coming on the pod. We appreciate it. It was uh, Thanks for bearing with us with our, uh, our technical uh, setup a little bit earlier. I mean, we might have to have you on for the NBA draft. The draft might just be your thing. Uh, you've got all the knowledge. You've got all the broad jump stats. I like to. I'm going to pretend that everything you said was from memory. Um, <laughs> and, and so we appreciate. I'm, I'm going to pretend that he's at home with a big chalkboard. Oh, Nate's big board. Yeah, yeah Nate's big board of dongs. Yeah. So. Uh, we appreciate it, Nate. Uh, you'll you'll be able to hear yourself uh, in a couple of days tomorrow, probably. Obviously, I'll upload it tonight. But um, any last minute things that you got for us that you want to say to our listeners? You, you spent two hours with us, so you you get ten seconds. What's up, Red? Ooh. Red and Bud, come on now. Is Red gonna make it all the way to the end? And be like, nah, Nate. Just give me the. T- <laughs> Nate, just give me the two minute spiel. He'll, he'll, he'll go. When, when did you talk about me? We'll be like, oh, the one hour and 59 minute mark. <laughs> so, hey, what's up, Red? What's up, bud? We do need to get out there for some golf, but if it's in still snowing in April, I assume it still snows in June, so I don't know. Just just come out here, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great assumption. I just want to say thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I know um, physically I haven't seen you guys in a while, but uh, you know, things like this podcast and, and everything really keeps – keeps me in touch with what's going on out west and i do appreciate you having me on and and what you guys do so well thank you nate trucking. You, you just keep bringing that knowledge and we're gonna have to keep you on more and more and uh, we're you're really putting the pressure on intern eric so we appreciate it but um uh, hang on the line here, and we'll chat with you at the end. But uh, for everybody else, we got the bracket. We got the draft. I think we'll be back next week with another bracket. Uh, intern Eric might still be dead from Coachella. Who knows? But we'll be back soon. And Thanks. Props, props to Hova for figuring out the remote. feel like we're going to get some phone calls about we're this gonna, now. Yeah, we're going to get people to be like, oh, you said that I could be on when you figured it out. Absolutely. Now what? I think Papa Howard is uh, he's already dialing it up for his guest appearance, I'm sure. But anyway, everybody else, as always... Thanks for listening.